Have you ever had the experience where you were communicating and saying everything that you felt and yet you were unable to experience the other person truly hearing you or getting what you were saying? What if there was a way that you could communicate so effectively that it was very clear exactly what you were feeling, exactly what you needed, and doing so in a way that allowed the other person to feel good about communicating with you? In this episode, we're gonna be talking about nonviolent communication and how it relates to Zen Stoic philosophy. So what is nonviolent communication? Nonviolent communication is a form of communication that was created by Marshall Rosenberg. We actually wrote a book called Nonviolent Communication, and this is an extremely simple, structured way to actually have your communication so that you're able to communicate clearly, communicate effectively, and feel heard in the process. Now, I actually read this article on stoameditation.com that actually drew parallels with stoic philosophy and nonviolent communication that I thought was absolutely brilliant. So I wanted to create an episode on it. Now, this is a, me a method of communication that I have taught in the trainings that I have taught, the liberation leadership training, the liberation coaching with my one-on-one -on -one clients, as well as I've talked about it on this podcast as well. But it's definitely worth mentioning because it has improved my communication personally with all the people that I love in my life, as well as has helped clients to very clearly articulate exactly what it is that they're feeling and what they need to the people around them. Now, this is very key because oftentimes we don't communicate in this way, or at least if we're untrained or unaware of this method of communication, we start to fall into communication that is very much a moralistic value judgment style of communication. In other words, what people will do is they'll actually express a value judgment versus what they're actually feeling. And for that reason, the person on the other end ends up feeling attacked and they end up getting triggered and defensive in what they're actually hearing. So they're not actually able to hear what's going on with the person. So one of the reasons that nonviolent communication is so effective is because it's such a simple and easy to remember structure that actually encapsulates everything that we are trying to communicate in the, in the moments that we're casting value judgments and opinions. Instead though, it actually breaks it down really clearly. Now this aligns really well with Stoic philosophy because Stoic philosophy oftentimes is going to have an essence to it of extreme ownership or responsibility for one's own feelings, as well as the ability to cut away opinions from what we're actually observing in life. So the way that nonviolent communication works is it works in the following four steps. The first thing is to actually just make an observation of what you're experiencing. This is best described as taking what you're observing in the world and bringing it into a very literal way of communicating, meaning you're speaking on the literal thing that you're actually observing. So let's say, let's say you walked into an office that was a mess. And if you expressed to yourself or you expressed out loud, this office is a disaster, that would be a value judgment. You're not speaking literally about what you're actually seeing. But if you said instead, these items are out of place in this way, and this book is not where it normally goes, now you're actually speaking very literally about what you're seeing. Now, the way that this relates to stoicism is this is giving you a very clear observation of the facts of a situation versus what your opinions are on it. One, one thing that Marcus Aurelius would say is that you're not obligated to have an opinion. And typically when we go into value judgments and speak hyperbolically, what this does is this hooks our mind and starts to trigger unpleasant emotions that start to come up because we are actually bringing ourselves into a narrative about our experience rather than just experiencing something as it is. So the first thing is to actually make an observation about what you're experiencing. The second thing 
is to actually express how you feel by saying, I feel, and then whatever the emotion is. A lot of the time, you'll hear people say something like, I feel like you don't understand me. I feel like you don't understand me is not a feeling. That is a value judgment. That is a, an opinion. That is a metaphor of a way of describing a situation without actually taking ownership of the feeling. So typically speaking, if we continue on our same example, I notice that as I walk into this office, these things, these specific items are out of place. This book is off the shelf. Uh, the laptop is unplugged. There are clothes on the chair, right? Those are, these are all literal observations. And when I see this, I feel upset because, so I feel upset, not I feel like I'm a failure or I feel like I'm not enough. Because once again, these are value judgments that we would be making on ourselves. But instead saying something like, and I feel upset or I feel stressed. That's the ownership of the feeling by actually using an observable emotion. The next thing that we do is after we've owned the emotion by saying what it is that we feel, we would go into the needs that we have. By expressing how we feel, we are actually feeling the feeling. This is really important because stoicism is not about not feeling emotions. It's about being able to take ownership of one's emotions and not use them as a basis to create a disempowering narrative, but instead is to take ownership of the emotions and to understand why we might be feeling those emotions. So the next step is to take ownership of the emotions by expressing a need. Typically, when we're experiencing negative emotions, what, what we're actually experiencing is an unmet need. So if we actually give ourselves the opportunity to know what that unmet need is, then it gives us the ability to take ownership of the feeling. So the next thing that we would say is, I, I feel upset or I feel stressed because, when we insert the word because, now we're saying what the need is. Because I have a need for to have an organized and clean space. Right, very simple. And then following that need, if there's another person involved, you would end with a request. If it's just you involved, you would give yourself a request or you'd give yourself a task to do. So going from the taking it from the top, I observe that all these things are out of place in the office, that there are clothes on the chair, the laptop is unplugged, the book is off of its shelf. I feel upset and stressed because I have a need for a clean and organized space. Now, if you were sharing an office with somebody and you were giving this feedback to someone else, you would end it with the request of, can you please pick up your things, right? Very simple. You're ending with a request. If it's just to you and your own office is a mess, you would end with a request to yourself. Be like, could I schedule some time later today to organize the office? So if you think about that, that is a very different statement than this office is a disaster. I'm lazy. And I, I feel like I can never get anything done. I didn't actually say anything that actually means anything to myself or to someone else in that last statement. All I did was explain moralistic value judgments about a situation, didn't take ownership for my feelings, didn't actually express what I needed, didn't have a request or some kind of an action to fix things. All I've done is spiral into a negative. So we use this type of communication because this communication actually allows you to separate the value and moralistic judgments from what we're observing. And again, when we're doing that, we're experiencing the world through thought. We're not actually genuinely in our experience, but instead when we're able to very clearly and literally explain what it is that we're observing, then take ownership and feel the feeling and express what, what it is that, that, that we need in that situation and then end with a request, communication becomes very clear and 
It allows people to actually understand and hear what you're saying. It allows people to know how you're really feeling without attacking them, without triggering any kind of defensiveness within them. So if you can apply this communication to your everyday life, you will communicate in a more stoic way. You'll communicate in a way that allows you to truly have ownership for your emotions, be very clear about what it is that you're observing, and give yourself the opportunity to actually get the desired result and fulfill the need that has not been met in that situation. So this is not only a great technique for communication, but this is a great technique for actually understanding how you feel without spiraling into story. That way, you're clear with yourself, you feel heard and understood by yourself, and you can express it very clearly and articulately to others. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe. And please leave a review. That is the way that the podcast grows. Leave a review, share it with somebody that you care about if you found value in this episode. And if you're looking to have more peace, presence, and calm in your everyday communication, you'll want to check out the Zen Stoic Meditations. These meditations are a 30-day program designed for busy professionals that in just less than 10 minutes a day, you can bring and integrate Zen Stoic philosophy into your everyday life through meditation and reflection. So go check out those meditations. It'll allow you to be more present and calm in your conversation so that you don't get triggered, so that you don't react. And instead, you're able to answer and use this nonviolent communication in a very focused and peaceful way.